one of our emphasis throughout this year has been our theme apart from emphasizing on our fundraising we have also emphasized on our theme and if you have the bulletin you know that we are talking about aiming higher aiming higher and I want to let you know this morning that when God is about to raise someone to a higher level or to a different level, when God is about to do that, he will do two things in that person's life. Or if he wants to raise a group of people, he will do two things in their lives. He wants to raise a church to a different level, he will do two things that will bring them to a higher level. And for us to understand that, I would like for us to look at Isaiah chapter 6. We will be looking at Isaiah chapter 6. There may be a couple of other passages. If we have time, we will join to read and to have a look at some of those if we have the time this afternoon we have now become uh, afternoon just a couple minutes uh, into the afternoon Isaiah chapter 6 this is a passage of scripture that is known to many of us maybe you have heard the passage of scripture being read or you have heard a message from Isaiah chapter 6 is a common passage of scripture that we should be aware of and if you find Isaiah chapter 6 allow me to read for you verse 1 and we will conclude in verse 8 if you have Isaiah chapter 6 let me ask that you be standing on your feet as we read Isaiah chapter 6 verse 1 through to verse 8 this is the word of the Lord verse 1 in the year that King Uzziah died I saw the Lord seated on a throne high and exalted and the train of his robe filled the temple above him were seraphs each with six wings with two wings they covered their faces with two they covered their feet with two and with two they were flying verse 3 and they were calling to one another holy 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 is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, 
I am ruined for I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips and my eyes have seen the King the Lord Almighty then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand which he had taken with tongs from the altar with it he touched my mouth and said see this has touched your lips your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for then I heard the voice of the Lord saying whom shall I send and who will go for us and I said here am I send me father we ask that this your word will become meaningful and will be translated into real life into our own lives in Jesus name Amen please be seated from this passage of scripture and from other passages of scripture it becomes clear that when God wants to raise a person or a group of people to a different level the first thing that God will do is to give those people or to give that person a vision of himself as God wants you to come to see him just the way he is so that you can have two visions in one the first vision is the vision of God you are able to see who God is the way God is seen the way God is you see God the way he is and then the second thing is that you see yourself the way you are and this is what happened to the prophet Isaiah God gave him the privilege of seeing who God is and as a result he also was able to see himself as he was and you need to know the background to this because um, the scholars they, they tell us that when they investigate the life of Isaiah that it is possible that Isaiah was actually a close relative of King Uzziah and they actually say that the possibility is that this relationship was very close some scholars actually give it a name and they say that Uzziah was an uncle to Isaiah now you can imagine if your uncle lives in state house hello you, you can imagine that three or four times a week you could be having breakfast hello 
So this is probably what was happening to Isaiah. He was very close to the king. And in those days, kingship, lordship, if you lived in the British Empire, you would know the sirship was not a thing to play with. The glory, the glamour, the splendor of the kingdom. And so it is very possible that that which was being flashed before the eyes of Isaiah was the glamour and the glory of the king. What could have happened? We are not told. There are no details. We are just given the bigger picture. The details we are not given. So we don't know what time of the year this was, but we are told that there came a time that the king died. The glamour, the glory, the splendor, the majesty was removed. And so there was a vacuum, there was a void. And during that time, God takes the opportunity to reveal to his prophet who the real king was, what the real glory was, and how the real splendor looks like. And it was at that time that Isaiah the prophet of God says, when King Uzziah died, then I saw the Lord. And he says, when I saw him, he says that the, the glory, the train of his glory, it filled the whole temple. And not only that, when he spoke, The whole place shook. And then the seraphs, we, we, have, we, we have three kinds of angels. At least three that we know of. We have the cherubims. The cherubims. Those are the fighters. Those are the soldiers of God. When, when you hear the hosts of heaven, the cherubims. Then we have the seraphs, or the seraphims, if you like. They are called here the seraphs. They guard the glory and the holiness of God. And then we have the ministers the bible calls them ministers those are the angels that walk with you that are ministers they minister to you some of them minister to you security others will minister to you healing others minister to you company and and uh, like i said to a group of people some of you need more angels than others because of your lifestyle or because of the mistakes that you make god says don't go here there, there will be hooligans and then you keep going and the lord has a add more angels because he's going into a dangerous zone there are ministers angels but the 
cherubims and the seraphs we are introduced here to the seraphs they protect the holiness of god and the bible says here they were calling one to another and they were saying holy 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 is the lord god almighty and at that sound the entire place was shaking there was trembling of the temple and isaiah is treated to real majesty he is treated to real glory previously he was seeing the glory of the king uzziah now he is treated to real heavenly godly glory and splendor as a result isaiah the prophet says woe unto me ole wangu woe unto me because i i'm undone i am unclean and i dwell among a people who just like me are also of unclean lips woe unto me it is only when a man it is only when a human being is confronted with a real vision of who god is that first he gets to see who god is the way god is then he begins to realize who he is and the way that he is in his limitation as a human being that's when he comes to a fuller realization of himself and isaiah comes to that and he says woe woe unto me why because i i am i'm ruined i have now seen who god is i've seen how god looks like so that's the first thing that god will do when he wants to raise a person from one stage from one if you like from one glory to another he will have you have a look at god when you have a look at god then you have a good look at yourself and i want to present to you today that the biggest challenge of humanity is that we pick ourselves and we pay we peg ourselves as the comparison as the measuring yard we measure our lives with other people and therefore we look at life from the perspective of that other person i remember telling you that there are some of us 
who, who don't have a name. So when we are making a reference to ourselves, we first make a reference to somebody else. Like if you're giving directions to your home uh, because you have no name, you have to give directions by your neighbor. So ukifika hapo kwa mwalimu unaona hapo kwa mabati hapo hiyo nyumba ya mabati ukifika hapo sasa ukiwa hapo unaweza kuona kwetu because you see uh, your, you, you, your, your home has no name so you have to make a reference to the name of your neighbor there is a, there is a professor of mathematics uh, and some of you would not even know his name from the um, Kenyatta University uh, but where they live in, in my village, not, not in my village, but uh, really a couple villages from my village, the wife had a shop. And uh, that shop became a reference point. As you are passing by, people will say, uh, Now, the husband is a professor. Nobody mentions him, but you know, and, and she was so famous. But the husband is a professor of mathematics. But she became a point of reference. Because some of us, we are referenced by others. That's a mistake that many of us make. We pick ourselves as a point of reference. Maybe that's what Isaiah was doing. He picked himself as a point of reference. The man who has breakfast with the king until he saw the real king and things changed. Because the day Isaiah saw the king, he says, when King Uzziah died, and we don't know when it was after that, he says, I saw the Lord. He was high. He was lifted up. He was more glorious than anything that I had ever seen. He was high. He was lifted up. His glory filled the temple. I saw something different than what I had been used to. I saw glory like never before, I saw real glory. It is my prayer that you as a believer, you as a member of AIC Milimani, and as we talk about climbing higher, it is my prayer that you will come to that place where someday you will come to see the glory of the Lord then certain things will be leveled. I was telling those who came in, in the morning service to the Swahili service, I said, you know, one of the problems that you have as a, as, as, as a pastor, as, as elders, as you try to lead a congregation, is that uh, you have men and women who, who only look, their point of reference is either another elder or maybe the point of reference is their pastor, so they have not seen God. So you have all kinds of problems in that kind of a situation. Or even at home, where you are at home, if the point of reference is just your husband, or maybe your wife, or maybe your mother, or maybe your father, or maybe an older brother, you are yet to get there. 
Because you see, human problems are pegged on humanity. If you can move from humanity to God, if you can move from that level and you are plagued and you have a connection with God, things simply changed. And as I said, when I saw, when I saw the Lord, then things changed. I saw him as he is and I realized when I looked at him, when I measured myself against him, I realized, woe unto me. I'm ruined. I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. Like I was saying another day, and some of you would remember about that firewood that was green and it would smoke all the other uh, firewoods and smoke the whole house. When you have a situation, you call, I was making this as an illustration, when you, when you call people for a meeting, you, you are a leader of the praise and worship. You're a leader in the choir, or you're, in, you're a leader in the ladies' meeting, or you are the chairman of the elders' court, or you lead the Sunday school, or you are a leader like today. The deacons are going to have a seminar today, this afternoon. You call a meeting for deacons. And then all these people have all kinds of excuses. You know, you call a meeting, and somebody goes to Nakuru, when they are in Nakuru, during the meeting, they give you a call. Chairman, uh, as though you don't know. Nakuru. Uh, the question is, did you know there was a meeting now or before? Did you travel to Nakuru earlier or did you travel to Nakuru now? Why do you call now when you are in Nakuru? Because you know, since you are in Nakuru, it is very difficult for the chairman to say anything. You are already in Nakuru anyway. So you knew, I'm not going to call the chairman before I travel because the chairman might just convince me not to travel. Nangoja nikifika Nakuru, Mr. Chairman, Miniko Nakuru, do you know, when you see the Lord, as he is, some things become priority. Why is God's work not a priority? Because we are walking with men who are like Isaiah. Their priority is the king. Until that king was removed, then they see another king. They said, I am ruined. My eyes have seen the real king. Tell your neighbor for me, the real king. Tell your neighbor for me, the real king. When the real king is in view, when the real king comes into his position, then his affairs become priority. I really, I, I, don't, I, I don't think I need to belabor the point. I want to give you two illustrations and then we are done one you know I have given that illustration here before the other one you may not be aware but they are all equal they say the same thing only in a different way 
A few years ago, I was traveling to go and speak to a high school and the chaplain of the high school was a local pastor. He was also a student at Daystar University and because I was also the chaplain for Daystar University, he had asked me, would you come and speak to my Form 4s just before they go for their exams? And I would ride with you from Nairobi to the school. So we caught up to each, with each other and we were traveling. And as we were going, he said to me, Pastor, what would you do if this happens to you? I said, what happened? He said, one day I stood up to preach and just 15 minutes before I stood up to preach, I said to the congregation, now, because we had home cell groups and we had prayer meetings, why don't you, uh, the group leaders, tell us what happened during the week? So the first group stood up and um, so they began to share and they said, you know, in our group, this is what happened. We, we, we had our Bible study and uh, then we came to a time of prayer. And as we were coming to a time of prayer, one of the members had come with their daughter and said, this daughter of mine has been having problems and I think it is demonic. Uh, she, she gets fits of all sorts and uh, I think it's demonic. What can you guys do for me? And one of the members, now remember this is a Bible study, the pastor isn't there. Uh, these are just uh, home cell groups led by themselves. So one of the group uh, members said, well, doesn't the Bible say that we can cast out demons in Jesus' name? And everybody agreed. That's, well, that's what the Bible says. So they said, well, then let's cast out this demon in Jesus' name. And so they took the lead and they cast out the demon into their own surprise the demon obeyed why because they were using jesus name and so they said you demon in jesus name you get out of this girl and the demon left even without the pastor being there can you imagine that tell your neighbor the pastor wasn't even there and the demon left you see you know you need to know that the demons are not afraid of pastors demons are afraid of the name of jesus and and so they said you know and this girl was set free and 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 the girl started rejoicing together with us and so that is what happened in our prayer meeting this week as that person was going to sit down someone in the congregation who was not a musician who was not a choir leader he was not in the praise and worship he had not training in music just started what a friend we have in jesus all our sins and griefs to bear what a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer and the congregation took over and as he was finishing the second group they stood up and the leader of the second group said in our group it was different because as we finished our Bible study and then we came to the time of prayer an old lady said you know my son here has had sickness I don't know for how long this has been and and I'm, I'm just asking 
could somebody could somebody just pray because tumeenda hospitali tumelipa dawa i mean we tunafilisika kwa ugonjwa somebody in the congregation says in that group doesn't the bible say that mtu akiwa mgonjwa tumwekelee mikono na kumpaka mafuta he said well that's what the bible says they said okay so anybody with mafuta and they said well we we don't have that but we have some kimbo and you know for those of you who remember what kimbo was you know they said well then why don't we use that and they took whatever they had and they prayed over it and they smeared over the sick uh, uh, person and um, you know they prayed and they said in jesus name you be healed by the end of their time this person begins to say you know what i i feel like i'm being healed and by the end of that the person says i i am i'm okay i'm healed in jesus name amen so that person was going to sit down and as they are going to sit down another person in the congregation who is not a trained musician they are not choir leader these people are not in the in in the praise and worship When the pastor stood up and the church in his mind took over he sat down because he realized this is not coming to an end so he sat down the next time he stood up he sat down just about 12 because he was going to be speaking after all these reports the next time he stood up he looked at his watch it was two o'clock ten past two o'clock now this is what the pastor told me he said you know when I preach I would if I have preached a lot it's usually about 40 maybe 45 minutes this was two hours plus and he says and when I preach you can't believe it pastor everybody has to go to the toilet during my sermon, that one person goes, then they come back and they disrupt the message. And he, and he said, for those two hours, for some reason, makojo ilifungwa. Nobody was going kojoaring. So he's asking me, what do you do when the congregation takes over and you can't preach? So I said, so what did you do? Because I will help you to know what to do if I know what you did. He said, well, I stood up and I said, congregation, tuombe, tuende nyumbani. Why? It is already two o'clock. I said, I would do the same thing. But the congregation did not take over that day. No, it was not the congregation. The Lord of the church had visited his church. 
when God comes down. You don't need to preach. If the Lord Jesus Christ came here today, what would Mwalwa be doing preaching? If the Lord Jesus Christ was preaching today, Damboki, what would you do lead, leading the service? The Lord of the church is here. So I told the pastor, Jesus came to his church. That is what happened. The seminary that I attended, we were treated to an interesting story that happened way back in towards the end of the 50s, beginning the 60s. The president of the university had traveled about 1,000 kilometers from Kentucky. He was all the way up past Chicago into another conference, and, and he was planning to be coming back the following day. He got a call from the secretary and said, Sir, we are having a crisis. He said, what's, what's the matter? He said, today, the secretary was calling about 1 o'clock, 1 p.m., and he said, sir, the chapel has not ended. So what do you mean the chapel has not ended? Usually chapel begins at 10, and by around 10.45, chapel is over. And if you know any systems, Reverend Myrori can tell you if, you, if you go to those universities and colleges in the, in, in the U.S., everything is timed. They, they don't know this elastic African time. In fact, when you preach, there is a red light and a blue light. When you're preaching, you have blue light. When you see red light, it means, sir, stop now. If you don't stop, you can preach as long as you want. The rest of us will be gone. <laughs> That's what it means. And so, at 10.45, chapel is supposed to be over. He gets a call from an official call from his office. Sir, chapel. This is one o'clock. Chapel has not ended. We've got a crisis. Lecturers cannot teach. So he says, what happened? Well, it says that one student, after the preacher, one student stood up and wanted to give a testimony. He said, you know, I've been, a, I've been a student in this seminary. I just realized that I do not know Jesus Christ, but today I am giving my life to Jesus Christ. And he went there and he knelt down and he started repenting. And another one stood and joined him. And before you know it, there were scores and scores of testimonies. And the leader of that day, uh, taking for granted that it was Davis, he was flabbergasted. I don't know what that word means. I just uh, learned it. Is, is he was flabbergasted. And, and it, you know, he just stood there and, and he, he just sat and watched and watched. Well, some of the lecturers who did not come to chapel, they decided to go and check why students are not in their classes. And so they went. And as they go into the chapel, the same spirit captures them. And then he kneels down and he also begins to repent. And then so the president talking to the secretary says, so what did you do? He said, well, there's nothing to do. He said, well, I'm catching the next plane, but uh, just go there and find out what is going. So the secretary walks in there and she never walks out. 
Then the local news, the local TV stations, and you know in the U.S. there are many. So they got to hear that something strange was happening at Asbury College. And so they all drove there with their cameras and they got in there. As soon as they walked into the chapel, they all left their cameras down. They knelt down and each one of them started repenting and praising God. By the time the day ended, the chapel had not ended. Do you know how long that chapel went? One week. Chapel, there was no school. There were no classes. Who do you teach? People are in chapel. We're looking towards the end of the year. I have a desire for AIC Milimani. That we would let the Lord of the church visit us. Because when he visits us, money is no longer important. Your time is no longer important. Because the Lord of the church will have come. And those who come, they will come under the same anointing. Your home, your husband, your wife, your children, your parents, your office. May it be so true that we would let what happened to Isaiah happen to us. It is God's choice when we have a desire in our hearts. Shall we pray?